0: hello everybody and welcome back to my episodes so last week when i was talking to you guys i was telling you that my grandmother passed away and i got put into a foster home but i had to go back and re-listen to my story to be like whoops you know that's kind of not what happened i was already put in that foster home before my grandmother died um she died of bone cancer um and it was pretty much untreatable and I was able to do home visits with her and my aunt as long as she was, you know, healthy and able. Um social services did ask my biological mother, would she allow me to live with my aunt or my uncle instead of me being put in foster care. But that selfish woman of herself said no, put her in foster care. I don't want none of my immediate brothers or sisters to have custody of Kim. So I end up getting placed in a um, potential adoption home because you guys remember my nanny from the first episode. She was a foster parent that pretty much held you until someone wanted to adopt you. Um, So I went from staying with my nanny for a while and then doing home visits with my grandmother and my aunt. um, But Like I said, I ended up leaving Nanny's house because I had a potential adoption family whose names I cannot disclose. Um, But I stayed with them for, I want to say, two years. Um, And in the mix of staying with them, my grandmother did end up passing away and I was able to attend that funeral. I don't really remember much from the funeral other than everybody being sad, how beautiful she looked in the casket, me trying to wake her up. Of course I was eight years old too. So I was still kind of young, but I was more so sad that everybody else around me was sad. Um, because that was the first time that I saw my biological mother in a very long time. Um, I did see my aunt, um, more than her, but it had been a while since I see my aunt as well, so I was just more so excited to see them um, than anything. I don't I don't really remember having the emotions of the funeral until I actually got a little older and I realized like oh shoot my nanny is my nana is gone. Um, so the foster family that I stayed with it was a husband and wife. Um, when I first moved in with them, they had a, a nice little apartment on um the north side of Raleigh. Um, well, I don't know if it's considered the north side. It was like close to Crabtree Mall. Um, it was it was nice. The apartment was nice. And at first, you know, the woman, she was really nice. Her husband, who I adore, and actually me and him still have a relationship to this day. That's my dad. Um, me and her's relationship in the beginning was cool and awesome. It was I felt like, okay, this might can work, you know, but I don't know if you guys remember, but for my first episode, I pretty much told you guys that I was a victim of being molested um, by my stepfather, and I had been through a lot of mental and physical abuse, living with my biological mother and her ex-husband now, Um, so I had issues as a child, and I did have a therapist, and I did um, go to therapy, and I did have Moments where I would either shut down or lash out, but they had seemed to accept me for who I was and they understood, you know, my background, where I came from. He, I remember my, at the time, foster dad coming home from work and I being so excited, I jump in his arms and literally lick the salt off his neck. Like, that's how much I loved and adored that man. He was nothing but good to me. He treated me as though I was really his. Like, you. You would have never known the difference. I mean, it didn't help the matters either that he was light-skinned and so was I. So people really didn't second-guess it when he said this was my daughter. You know, he was telling people I was his daughter before I was even adopted. And that's when I started noticing the changes with his wife. It was actually almost as though she was jealous of me and his relationship to the point where she would start doing things to me she would put her cigarettes out on me she cut my hair one time and told him that i had did it um and it only got crazier when we moved out the apartment and they got a house and i loved the house it was big it was a big backyard my room was huge but see he was a truck driver so he was gone pretty much from the time i woke up to the time i went to bed he worked all day long the poor man that's all he did was work um so when he would come home either i would be sleep or getting ready to have to go to sleep so i really didn't get to see him as much but when he was home from like being off work or having a day off he literally made sure he spent that whole day with me and again i think that drove her a little crazy um To the point where she started doing crazy things to me. I don't know if you guys have ever read the book, A Child Called It. I pretty much was living that little boy's life um, as well. She would put a plate in front of me and tell me I had 15 seconds to eat as much as I could. And if I was still chewing, when she counted to 15, she was going to stick her finger in my throat. And she would do that as well. She locked me in my room. I only had a mattress in there, no toys, no blankets, just a mattress. But see, when he would come home, he would say, You know, what the hell happened? Why does she have this bruise here? Oh, she's clumsy. Or, you know, why? You know, we went to see his family for a uh, family reunion one year, and they were even talking about how skinny I was. And she would say, Oh, she's just a picky eater. I was scared of this woman. And she also told me if I said anything, she would kill me. So I was scared, you know, I was scared to death to say anything that this woman was doing to me and I was not yet adopted. So my foster worker, my social worker, she would come in and check on me and she started putting two and three together. You know, she would come over to do home visits and want to know why my room was completely stripped, only a mattress on the floor. And she would say, oh, Kim had a rough day at school. And guys, I was having rough days at school. I was starving. I was upset. I was lashing out. I didn't know how to express my feelings and emotions. I was scared to tell my teachers what was going on in this home that I was going home to. I didn't never want to go home. So I would get in trouble in school because I was doing just normal kid things, but my home environment wasn't right. But of course, they would call her. She would. I wouldn't even say she whooped me. She beat me, burnt me. I remember one time I was sitting in the room. She threw an ashtray at the back of my head. Like she was, she was sick and twisted. I don't, I don't. There's really no other way to say that. And then she ended up getting pregnant by my foster ta- foster dad, her husband. They wanted a baby of their own, and that's when she really started like not giving a care about me. Like she really started like saying pretty much "fuck you" at this point. Um, one night I was so hungry. I went downstairs and started eating out the trash can and I almost got caught. And he came out and he was like, I guess it was one of the dogs in the trash can. And it was me. And I waited till he went back in his room and I snuck back upstairs. And the next day she said, I know you weren't eating out the trash can. And I said, no. And she said, you're lying to me. And I said, no, but I was, it was definitely a hundred percent eating out the trash can. So then I started doing stuff out of spite because I hated her gut. So I started shitting in the attic in my room. I had an attic door in my room. I started shitting in there, like actually shitting in the attic, guys. She would make me wear the same outfit every day and hand wash it in the sink. Like this woman was sick and evil. And so one day my foster social worker came over and she did another home visit and she looked me in my face and she said, do you want to go stay with Nanny? And I said, yes. So she said, all right, let's go she didn't say anything to my foster mother at the time. Um, as I was leaving, you know, I did ask for my foster dad. She promised that I would talk to him soon. But before we went to nanny's house, she had to take me to the social services building where I got my pictures taken. I got weighed. Um, I had, Uh, social workers and therapists asked me what my experience experience was living there. I was still kind of scared to tell them, but they could clearly see that something wasn't right. Last I was told, she was under investigation. Um, They were possibly going to remove the child that she was pregnant with, because apparently the little boy that they had as a foster parent before me, she was kind of doing the same things to him. Um, Again, you know, I left. I got put back with Nanny. So, on top of Nanny having to deal with me being molested as a child and the the torment and the mental abuse I went through with my biological family, now she's having to, on top of that, go through the changes that I had with being with this foster parent who starved me to death, who, you know, beat me because of it, burnt me because of it, and you know, she... I took this woman through so much because, you know, again, I was a child. I was, you know, nine years old now, nine or eight years old. And, you know, she had met me when I was two. So she, she's been going through with me through my foster adoption journey. And, you know, of course she would discipline me, but it always was in the corner. Nanny was old school. She believed in a corner. Like she would make me go stand in the corner quick, you know, but, um, I, then, had another potential adoption family. They were in Burlington, North Carolina. But (laughs) the family that I had left before with the woman and the husband, let's just say that the woman knew the family in Burlington. And she called them and told them so many things that they called my social worker and asked my social worker to come pick me up. I think I was with those people for a month, if that. So my social worker came and picked me up and took me back to Nanny. And I stayed with Nanny up until I was 11 years old and one of Nanny's daughters adopted me. And I'm going to cut off the story here because we're going to go into the next episode with all about my experience and being adopted by Nanny's daughter and how it was and how my life seemed to have like gotten turned around for the better. I hope you guys are enjoying my story. I hope this motivates someone to speak up and tell their story as well. And as always, thank you for listening and have a great day.